This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode of Bushwick Breakaway is brought to you by you. And I, you know, I usually say like you, but who I really mean today is the people who donated yesterday to help us raise over $3,000 for New York City Food Bank Charities. Uh, we streamed for 19 hours. It was absolutely crazy. We raised a lot of money and, and provided a lot of meals from people in New York City, and I can't thank anybody who donated or took part enough. Seriously, we did a great thing. Uh, and to reward you in some way, I guess, and we're, I don't know if reward is the right term here. You know, It's been a long night for me. Uh, we have Tony D'Angelo and Ryan Strom on today's podcast. I cannot wait for you to hear the interview. Me and Greg talk about it a little bit before. We come back and answer five-star questions. Thank you again so much. Here's the interview and Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Hey, Bush and Break fans, welcome to another good Bush Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. We are both of The Athletic, and we are both, I can only imagine, tired boys, but very excited for today's episode. Greg, say hello. Yeah, you know, such a taxing day for me yesterday, all that beer, really. It's really tough for you. Really, <laughs> straight to the system. I know you had it pretty easy. You didn't have too much to worry about all day long. It's true. But Just... me, personally, boy. Yeah. Hard one. Uh, I want to thank every single person. As you heard in the open, I uh, thank everyone. This, this episode of Bush's Breakaway is brought to you by everyone who donated to our New York City Food uh, Food Bank charity, and we can't thank you enough. We raised uh, $3,169 nice, to go to NYC Food Banks, uh, and it was a phenomenal 19 hours of, uh, of, of fun and friendship for all. And today's episode, I know you're probably waiting for it, we have... Um, two current Rangers, Tony D'Angelo and Ryan Strom, come on with us for 40 minutes, and that'll be coming up rather quickly, and I know you don't want to wait too long. So, uh, Gregory, in this open, other than thanking everyone for doing all that amazing job that they've done over the past couple days and coming together as a community, is there anything you and I need to talk about? Uh, no. I didn't think so. Um, just some notes on the interview. Let's just go, go about how it happened so people understand, right? We'll, sure, we'll, we'll, sure, sure. we'll preview into that, and then we'll go right into it, come back, answer five-star questions. Um, no ads this week. The Athletic is free for 90 days. So if you want to go to theathletic.com and use it, and you'll have a subscription, it's free for 90 days. That means all of our BSBOTs are available for you to listen to. Last week, we did our favorite games and favorite moments of the season. It's a very feel-good episode, and if you want to feel good about this, this Ranger hockey season, got your back free at theathletic.com. That was an ad, I guess. Um I said no ads, and then I did an ad. I thought that was pretty sweet. So we were uh, going to uh, – would you say we were hassling, Tony? Let's give the whole history. You start. I don't, I don't even think we were hassling Tony. This all started with a Twitter exchange Tony and I had during the football season a long time ago. I don't even remember I think that was like week. six years ago at this point. Yeah, it was definitely in December. And we, we had a little Twitter exchange, and during that exchange at some point – 
I brought up the fact that if Tony had a problem with me, he could come on the podcast whenever he wanted and we can talk through our issues. And he's, and his exact words were, I will come on. And we were both sitting there saying, all right, game on dude, whenever you want to go. And he never really gave us a day or a time. So then it became a running joke. Anytime Tony said anything in regards to free time he had or what he was up to, we'd be like, Hey man, we're just sitting here waiting for you. I don't know what to tell you. So it's, it's, it got to a point where, you know, some people will call it us hassling him. It was really just us poking fun at the fact that Tony made a promise and Tony hadn't followed through on his promise yet. And a couple other times he would respond to our stuff saying, it's happening, don't worry, it's coming, don't worry. And then just out of the blue, Thursday afternoon. Yeah, I, I commented on, uh, Vince, Vince Percogliano commented on something that happened that Ryan Strom was talking to a fan on Twitter. And he was like, hey, you know, he made a good point. He was like, you guys are, always want us to be more personable and be more available. And when we are, you flame us. So what do you want from us? And then I was like, yeah, it would be a real shame. Like, fans are a real, they're a real hassle to deal with, aren't they? Like, everyone keeps asking me, when is when are Ryan Strom and Tony D'Angelo going to come on the podcast? It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm always getting attacked. And then uh, all of a sudden, like a couple minutes later, they were like, well, we'll be on in six minutes. <laughs> so uh, we have yeah, four- 245 on a Thursday afternoon, yes. to be exact. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, and then from there, uh, we have the upcoming 40-minute interview, which honestly, um, if you're expecting to go into this interview and think to yourself, oh, they're probably going to be like, uh, Tony's probably going to be a loudmouth and controversial. No, it's it's really not that. I don't want to spoil anything. You're going you're gonna to listen to it, but- it's like a legitimately insightful interview and they talk about not only what they're going through right now in, in sort of quarantine as we all are, but like real tactics and analysis from behind the scenes and like defending some coach. And we ask a lot of popular Twitter questions that people are always asking and everything gets answered. There's no like kind of dodge question as, as, as shockingly as that is. All right. For sure. I don't know what else you wanted me to add. No, that's it. All right. Listen, here's the interview. We're not going to make you make you wait too long. Hope you guys enjoy the next 40 minutes. We're going to come back and do some five-star questions, and that's this week's episode. We love you all. Here we go. Transition. Hey, we've got our first two guests of the day, and I can't believe I'm about to say this. I want to welcome on Tony D'Angelo and Ryan Strom of the New York Rangers. I have to ask you guys, uh, after all this time of us pestering you, what finally made you come on the podcast? I'll let Tony answer. We got a lot of, we got a lot of stuff we want to hear. We want the fans to hear. <laughs> No, I think uh, I think quarantine is just driving us all a bit crazy. I think everyone needs something to do. And speaking of quarantine, I mean, you guys were just in the middle of what was an absolutely insane run, pushing for the playoffs, and the team was playing great. What have you been doing in quarantine, and, and what's it like just all of a sudden stopping playing hockey out of nowhere? Go ahead, Roy. Uh, it's been weird. I think, you know, never really been home at my house in Toronto uh, during this time of the year for a long time, so uh you know pretty weird to see family uh you know at this stage of the season and we're supposed to be playing games but um you know this is uh this is the world we live in and we're just trying to make the most of it i guess and try to get past this as quick as possible yeah i'm kind of the same way it's just uh disappointing obviously for us because we were we thought we were playing well and the team was coming together and a late uh late season playoff push but like stromer says kind of is what it is everybody's in the same situation so we're just kind of trying to make the best of it by now, I'm sure you guys have heard the team, the league is proposing rather a 2014 playoff um, that you guys would obviously be part of. How would that affect you uh, when you came back? Would you think you'd be ready for the playoffs or would you need regular season games? What what would be the deal and what do you think of that? 
Um, yeah, I kind of thought about it a little bit. I mean, you kind of have to, right? You have to be ready for everything. But I think more importantly, until kind of the world kind of figures everything out here, and, you know, some of the states and some of the you know provinces in Canada, you know, have a lot of cases of coronavirus. It's kind of tough to predict anything. But I think, uh, you know, if we did come back and play, I mean, for one, we'd probably be healthier than before. And uh, we'd get crowds back. And um, I think, like Tony said, we were kind of, Having a bit of a playoff push, we're playing meaningful games. A lot of us haven't played in a while, and um, it felt like we kind of had something special. We were having some late game comebacks and some overtime wins. We were kind of uh, had a little bit of magic going on, so kind of really sucked it up then. Like I said, so be it, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not myself to say that I agree too, but like, uh, you know, the game against Colorado, you look at it, before our team, we tied the game late, and that's the kind of you know, it's the kind of stuff that happens when you're in a playoff push late in the season, and I think it's good for the team even going forward, whether, you know, no matter what would have happened. So, it's disappointing, but to think ahead, I mean, it's uh, like Schroeder said, I guess we'll just see what happens. And Obviously, we're all hoping for something to happen, but nobody has any idea, so we'll just wait it out. I'll jump in with some hard-hitting self-isolation questions here. Uh, Ryan, first for you, I know Call of Duty has basically been your go-to so far. What's the What's the most underrated, best part of being in self-isolation? Is there any new hobby you've found yourself picking up? Um, not really. I don't think there's any good hobbies being in isolation. Um, I just, I was thinking about this the other day. I was having a real deep thought, and I kind of feel like my dog does. I mean, my dog doesn't really get to leave the house. He doesn't really, he's not allowed to go outside, really, unless someone's with him, and he's got a lot of rules, and I feel like that's kind of what we're doing. I think he's kind of looking at me every day, like, wondering when I'm going to get my suitcase out or when I'm going to leave the house and, and dress. He always hears my dress shoes for games and he knows that I'm leaving. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird time. A lot of video games. and um, I'm watching uh, The Tiger King on Netflix. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. And, uh, there's, there's not really much going on, but we're doing our best to kind of stay busy and I guess uh, catching up on old Netflix shows and playing some COD and, you know, I guess hanging out with the family. That's all you can really do. Tony, for you, what do we have to do to get you on the next season of Love is Blind? <laughs> next, season, next season of Love is Blind? No yeah. shot. No, uh, <laughs> no reality TV for me. Well, speaking of recording uh, and TV, I know that you did the uh, what you would call gravy uh, commercials earlier in the season. Yeah, gravy. I mean, uh, <laughs> we had uh, – Smitty and Hale as well earlier in the year. I think Rayos, I'm not sure if this is the first year we've partnered with them, but uh, mm -hmm. I guess they figured they picked the Italian guy on the team, so it's a good choice. Not the worst idea. I always see you yeah. and Vince like, arguing online if it's crazy or, gravy or sauce. Yeah, Vince is fake Italian. <laughs> so, it's, it's gravy in our area. Well, Tony... Obviously, you're a big Eagles fan. Um, I just kind of want to get your thoughts. If we ever get sports again, what do you think the Eagles will do, or what do you think about the team coming up? I think the Eagles will be good again. I mean, they got to stay healthy. Last year, I thought they were going to be a Super Bowl contender at the beginning of the year, but everybody was – they had no wide receivers at the end of the year. The line was banged up, and they still still made the playoffs and almost, you know, had a competitive game. But I guess it all just depends on health for them. I think they've had a good offseason. They uh, kind of bolstered up the secondary a little bit, and the draft – Hopefully the draft doesn't get postponed, but we'll see what happens there. They could use maybe another receiver, some some offensive line backups, but they're going to be good. Are you relieved that opening day in baseball has been pushed back? Because I know it was going to be another disappointing season for your Phillies. 
Are you a Mets guy? Gigantic. Oh, you know I am. Gigantic Come on, Mets now. guy. Yeah, they've been good recently. Uh, <laughs> now the Phillies, they, I'm not sure what I thought they were going to do this year. I, I don't know if they could pitch well enough to be that good. But their offense is good. Good bats, I'm not sure they're going to be able to pitch. So I wasn't totally optimistic, but I thought they'd be better than they were last year for sure. Well, Tony, I like have to ask this because we've been covering you for a couple of years now. And when you first got here, you were, you know, healthy scratch, you're in and out of the lineup and you've had quite the process of, of becoming the player you are today. I mean, you've had, you've had a great season and you've had a lot of offensive potential this year. What was, what was it like for you going through the ups and downs? Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, my process has been a little bit longer than I guess some other guys because I had a even when I was in Phoenix, the same thing. I was up and down and scratched and not scratched. And minutes were fluctuating. And then the same thing in New York the first year. And obviously the second year with all the with all the scratches. So it was frustrating. And it kind of started, to, especially with my personality a little bit, I started to get a little a little pissed off, you could say. But uh, I feel like last year I kind of did a nice job of this. You know, when I got in, doing the best I can. And this year, obviously, with uh, having more of a trust factor with quitting and stuff, I think just from the – as soon as I got back to campus, stuff it was kind of just play hockey, and there was not really any any worries anymore about if I was going to be scratched or if this was going to happen. And I think that was uh, it helps any player's game, and I think it helped mine. So it was uh, it's been a good start. And Strom, for you, when you were traded to the Rangers, it, it feels a lot longer ago, but it was honestly last fall or two falls ago. This was one of the first times you were given really a consistent role with any team you were on. You weren't being moved up and down the lineup anymore. You were being given fixed minutes on a fixed line with people you can get chemistry with. What has that been like for you in terms of understanding your role and quite honestly, flourishing in it? Yeah. I mean, like, I kind of like Tony a little bit. I think, uh, you know, you bounce around a few organizations and, um, you know, you go up and down the lineup, you get scratched a little bit. I mean, um, you know, you're just kind of looking for an opportunity to prove yourself. And, um, I think kind of last year, closer to the deadline, when I started to play more, and started to play a little more at center, and the coaches kind of liked what I was doing, and they wanted me to keep growing on it, and they trusted me. I think that was the biggest thing. Uh, you know, we have a younger team, and on the other teams I'd been on previously, I was kind of always the young guy and always kind of a guy that um, was looked differently. It's amazing how a different set of eyes kind of – use your game differently i wasn't really using defensive situations wasn't really using the penalty kill and uh, just kind of on the second power play and then you get thrusted into a completely different situation and you're you know you're called upon to to do more and you kind of just take you know take that next step and you're asked to be a bit of a leader and um i think that's kind of what you've seen with a few guys in our team and um you know obviously it's not going to work with every guy and every guy has a bit of a different path but um you know i have nothing but uh you know, to be thankful for, for our coaching staff and our management for, you know, believing in me and uh, kind of giving me a shot. And, you know, it's worked out pretty good this year, so it's been fun. And how much center did you play as a, before you were a New York Ranger? And, and sort of what was that transition like? Um, I probably played like 25% of my NHL career at center until the Rangers. I was a natural center and junior and drafted as a center, but obviously it's very hard to play up the middle, especially in the top six. Um in the NHL, I think it's uh, you're playing against the best players in the league every single night. And I think I think that's one of the big things that people might not realize that hockey players now. I think like you know fans watch and they want like young guys to play and this and that. And it's so hard to play center every single night. You're playing against guys like I, I've even struggled with it a lot this year. Like you're playing against matchups against really really good players every single night and guys that have done it for years and years and they're so consistent and that's what makes them great. And it's not easy to 
just to flip the switch and be able to do that. I think it takes a little while to learn that and to grow into that. I still think I have, you know, growing to do. I definitely have ups and downs and good and bad moments. But I think, uh, you know, when you're given the opportunity, you have a chance to, you know, establish yourself and feel comfortable. And um, I think that's, you know, the biggest thing that I've learned from this year. You guys are in this unique position as well. And apologies if I'm about to ask a question you guys can't actually answer on a podcast. I'll take the bullet for that one. But you guys obviously are also playing for new contracts. How much does that stay in the back of your mind when you're going about the normal ups and downs of a hockey season? Uh, I mean, you'd be lying to say you don't think about it, I feel like, as any player. But the season's so long and it's so far away from when the season starts to when that stuff is going to kick in the gear, basically, that I feel like you don't even think about it as much as you guys might think. Obviously, we it's definitely an important thing for, you know, your livelihood and your career and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's when you're producing at high levels and stuff, as me and Ryan have this year, you know, you kind of have a feeling that, especially the position we're in as a, as a team, I think that it, it goes further and further in the back of your mind as the, as the season goes on, you just focus on playing and playing well and, and trying to win games. So it all figures itself out for every player and it kind of, it's a summer thing. So that's, uh, that's my opinion on it. Obviously this yeah. has been uh, uh, Oh, go on. Sorry. I don't want to cut you off. No, I was just going to say, I agree with Tony. I think, uh, I think, you know, that's what you have an agent for. And I, I think the biggest thing is that when you're, when you're having a little bit of a run, like we were in a sense of we're playing meaningful games. I mean, you just want to win the game more than you want to put up points or you want to score or you want to do whatever. I mean, you're so concerned about making the playoffs. I mean, I think if you just look at the goal that we tied it up against Colorado, you see everyone's reaction. I mean, how much it meant to everybody. And um, I think that's a sign of a good team. And that's kind of what, that's kind of players mindset in my opinion, more than just dollars, dollars and, you know, points and stuff like that. This has been uh, a gigantic year for the New York Rangers. Uh, you, you guys have been also gigantic for the locker room in general. What's a Strom, I know there's been a lot of times where you sort of uh, chirp the rookies during their interviews and such like that. Uh, what, what's just been the culture like in the locker room? I mean, it's been maybe the most fun year covering the team for, for people on the outside. Honestly, I just think it's just being normal. Like I, I don't try to, I don't think Tony does either. I don't think we try to change who we are every day. I think uh, there's definitely different guys in the team. I mean, it's, I mean, probably the same as a classroom or a work environment. I mean, everyone's got a different personality, but, um, I mean, I try to come to the rink no matter how my day is going, good or bad, or if I played good or bad, and try, try to keep the same attitude. And I think when you're able to goof around a little bit and have some fun with, you know, everyone, not just the young guys, I think it just makes everyone feel part of the team. It makes guys like, you know, feel part of the jokes and a, you know, a part of something. And uh, we got a lot of young guys, obviously, so we have to, you know, do a good job of, you know, keeping them involved and talking to them. But um, all in all, we just come to the rink, we have fun every day. Too much fun. I like to go for home, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, you know, it's just a game, and we're doing, we're really just living our dream and doing what we've always wanted to do, and we're in the middle of it. And one day, this is all going to be over. So I think we both just come to the rink and try to have as much fun as we can because uh, you know, there's so much more to worry about, and um, you know, hockey's hockey's fun for us, and I think that's just the way we try to approach it. Tony, I know uh, this year you uh, you happen to score a hat trick in a game I happen to be at. Um, did you happen to get the barrel of hats that, uh, from that night or did that not happen? No, no barrel of hats. I think it might be a, a myth. I don't oh, know it's a myth? Ever got them. I'm not really? sure. I mean, I, I've only scored one hat trick in my entire career, so I can't really. <laughs> okay. I well, I've never seen a guy get the bag of hats before, so I'm, 
I think that might be uh, that might be fake. I was really uh, I was really upset because I I threw I threw bunny ears on the on the ice for you rabbit ears rather for in in solace with your coach against refs and the fact that you never received them was very upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I never received those. <laughs> do you, do you is guys it because, realize is it because that the you... clip when he was yelling at Edmonton about the yeah when he's when he's yelling your rabbit ears at at the refs uh, <laughs> when you guys were uh, were down? Yes, I I I wore some rabbit ears to the game in silence with David Quinn, so I yeah, wanted you, to make sure that you received them. Do you guys realize how much of a meme machine your head coach is? He's he's just enlightening on Twitter. Every time he reacts to anything, it's it's a week worth of content. I don't think it's just the coach. Clearly, if the players say anything, either people tend to take it to the next level as well. So I guess that's just the age we live in. Yeah, MSG Networks picks up on a lot of stuff, I guess. <laughs> they get a lot of good clips. They do. Uh, as, you, as you probably know, because a lot of your post-game antics are posted uh, pretty much immediately, uh, <laughs> seconds for that after the game. Uh, has, has that sort of, I know it's usually like you two and Brendan Lemieux, you guys usually, uh, I know you guys were doing, was it the yes, yes, yes chant after? Uh, after the Islanders yeah, game at the barn, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah it's been a, it's been a fun year. <laughs> so, right, uh, Strom, were you prepared for your mom to become an internet sensation this year? <laughs> no, that was that was really tough. I was just sitting there, and like when Quinny left the room to give the lineup to somebody, I figured it was to like one of the guys that was scratched. Like I had no idea, and I saw my mom come in, and I just like, I honestly just, I I don't think I moved. Like I was just paralyzed. This is not good. This is this is crazy. So I mean, I'm really happy like looking back on it. But when you're in that situation, your mom enters a room with like 20 of your teammates. I mean, and she's gonna speak publicly. You know, it's gonna be a little bit embarrassing. So yeah, that was that was definitely crazy for sure. Chesterkin or Chesterkin? Well, I forget what they called him. It was pretty bad. Yeah, um, yeah she she did her best. What's it been like playing in front of Igor uh, in his first year? Uh, obviously, it's his first time in the NHL, and he went on quite the impressive run. Um, so it, playing in front of a goalie like that for the first time has to feel a little different for the team. Yeah, I'll let Tony answer that. He's the future head coach. So, Oh, got it. <laughs> yeah, he's with today. I mean, you look at him, obviously, I guess the fans will see the same thing as us, obviously. I think we're all in agreement on how good – you know, he looks so far, he's uh, really confident, kind of, he handles the puck well, and just, uh, you know, for a young goalie coming like that, I guess, I mean, 24 years old, he looks like, he's been in the league for a long time, and you can tell he played pro, obviously, in Russia, so, he's been real good for us, but uh, all three of our goalies have been really good, so it's kind of, uh, anybody that goes in the net, I feel like we're we're pretty confident as a group with, uh, with any one of them, because they've all played well this year. I don't want to use the word hazing because it has terrible connotations attached to it at this point. But are you guys bummed that you didn't get the opportunity to get the rookies to dress up as something on a road trip or anything like that? How do you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, not everything's online. I, 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 I feel like that's one thing MSG would have put up immediately. But fair, fair. I don't know. I'm not there. We have, the problem with our team is we have too many rookies. So I think we're outnumbered with the rookies anyway so if they want to really team up against us they'd probably get us pretty good <laughs> um you both have been very active on twitter as everyone knows uh strom even today you've gone go. back and forth i'm not doing anything i'm not bringing any of that up cody no way <laughs> uh um what's it been like you're I, I like that you guys are more active on twitter and you're able to engage with fans uh, obviously, people respond to you all the time. Has it been a mostly positive experience, or did the store thumbs always stick out? Uh, 
I'll answer first. I feel like Tony has a more elaborate answer. Uh, <laughs> I, I, us, I usually tend to stay off Twitter as much as I can during the season. I think that there's just – honestly, at the end of the day, the opinion of your teammates and your coaches are really the only thing that matters. I think that sometimes guys – It's I know it's kind of the, the modern era and young guys and it's kind of the day and age that it's changing, but I just think that it, you're not really going to hear anything positive about yourself unless you score a goal. And if you really need a pat on the back about – how good your goal is by looking online I think you, you got other issues but um, I think in a time like this or you know there's a little bit of downtime and you know fans are everyone's kind of sitting at home doing the same thing they're on their phones or watching Netflix there's nothing really to do so I think you know just a little bit of engagement keep people interested keep people talking I mean uh, just like to have fun with it I mean listen we're there's not many people in the world that can throw out a tweet and then hundreds and hundreds of people will respond instantly so uh, it's a it's a sensitive area, but I think it's an area like in a time of guess you can have fun with. But um, I try to stay off during the season and just kind of worry about hockey and you know life outside of hockey and not Twitter. But I'm sure you know everyone's different, that's for sure. I'll uh, I'm obviously a little more active. I feel like than most of the guys on the team, but I think uh, interacting with the fans is a good thing. I try to answer a lot of stuff. I try to put out a lot of stuff to get people involved because I feel like people like it. It's a good way for you know, player fan interaction. I think it's, um, you know, in my opinion, I feel like it's a good thing for a lot of players to do and stuff. But, uh, you know, obviously you see on Twitter, anytime you have a different opinion than somebody, they, you know, they tend to attack you, which is fine. But uh, for me, I post what I, you know, my own opinions. I don't care what anybody thinks, to be honest with you. So that's uh, that's just the way I do it. That's how I'll keep doing it. And um, I don't mind people disagreeing. They can disagree whatever they want or, or agree or tell me how good I am or how bad I am. It doesn't really matter to me, so. I like to have fun with it and like to get people involved. And I have a lot of, uh, you know, you see a lot of the same people that support you, a lot of the same people that, that tend to go against you for everything you say on there, but that's uh, that's all fine. I'm, I like to have everybody have their own opinions. They get to feel how they want. You at least make it really interesting. I have to give you that. Like, you you keep it, like, every single day. I'm like, wow, this is fun. At least, like, when you when you get out there and you really do interact with fans. Like, if someone says something mean to you sometimes, you'll be like, hey, I can shirt back. Like that's what it is. And we're, we're all humans in this together at this point. So it's really like, you know, we're all, at, we're all at home. We're all quarantined. We're all watching Tiger King and trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do for the next couple of months. And uh, I don't think it's that yeah. bad that you guys were doing that. Um, no, my only problem with people that respond is I guess I'd say 98% of people that respond with a lot of things that they would never say outside of, uh, outside of the computer. So that's, that's one thing that bugs me. But uh, like I said, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. So I kind of, I can't say they're entitled to their own opinion and tell them how to speak. So I think it has to be, uh, it has to go both ways. I feel, I, I feel like, I feel like that one's directed at me and I'll just I'll repeat, I'll repeat what I said earlier. I was under the impression that being an asshole was a term of endearment. That's you all don't understand. I'm saying. Greg, Greg is an asshole. And that's yeah, what... I am my friend's group. Every friend group has an asshole, right? And it's usually the guy that's most self-aware about being it is that group's asshole. I am Ryan's asshole. That's 100%. true. 100%. So asshole. I just figured we were in the same <laughs> – so I thought we were it. in the same camp there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll let you slide on this one. Okay. All <laughs> right. You as long as you would have said that – if you would have said that outside MSU, you could have had – could have been something different. Okay. Listen, I'm, look, I'm, looking, I'm looking to see you next time. I have more buyers to but throw now that, But now that you explained it, I, I, I'm in agreement. You're fine. Right, we, right. We, I, wasn't, we, I wasn't saying, oh, that guy, F that guy. I was just saying, like – 
I was getting annoyed at people always reacting to your tweets, being like, oh, here's this guy whose opinion I always disagree with. I wonder what he has to say today. Says something I disagree with. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. I disagree with him again. It's like at some point you have to grow up. And, like, there are other people to follow. There are other people to like. Just go about your life whatever way. I, I don't understand the people that seek out stuff that they hate just to hate it more. That's something I've never been able to understand. I'm just trying no, to get angry about Quinn's lines decisions. That's what I'm trying to be angry about. Like, why is Kako playing on the third today? That's my level of anger. That's it. Um, and uh, when it comes to uh, <laughs> reacting to uh, Tony tweets, I'm okay. And also, right, well, we've I'll, I'll, let me, I'll jump in on this then too. Now we're, now we're really getting this debate going. Let's go for it. <laughs> but it, it, like the, the thing that we don't understand really as players is like, like, don't you think that the teams and the general managers and like, and the guys that maybe the coaches ask about the Lions have the best thing for the team in mind. Like, like I don't, like I, I don't understand. Like, some fans on Twitter that like tweet stuff and they want this, they want that. It's like the Rangers obviously have a very well respected front office coaching staff and like deep history. Don't you think that they have the best people in place to make the team successful? Like, do people actually think they're smarter than the team? Like, that's what I don't understand. I, Short answer I, is me personally, I've taken my newly created Hartford Whalers to the playoffs twice. In NHL 20 already. I think I go. okay. Nice, nice friend, Greg. I think I think the real answer is yes, but I mean it's just it's just part of being a sports fan, right? I mean, you guys That's do you guys fine. do that with ba- you guys do that with baseball, like or or in football, like hey, probably that guy should be batting fourth. Like, do we know better? Probably not. We're all dummies, but but we like to argue and complain about it, and that's how we get through our days. I guess. Hey, yeah. listen, there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone has their own opinion. I just I just can't imagine myself, even if I thought something like debating with other people that I don't know online for hours about something that I have zero control over. Like I would just rather, like when the Raptors were in the NBA Finals, I was a big Raptors fan. Like I wasn't arguing with other Raptors fans about what the team should be doing. I was just cheering on the team and hoping that they won the championship. Like I don't know, maybe it's different because we we live it every day. But I just think that like these teams and these people in the NHL, there's so many amazing minds and people there's so many great staff that have played hundreds and hundreds of games in the nhl and then there's if they go online they're going to get grilled by somebody because they took their nhl 20 team to the finals it's like like I, <laughs> you see what i'm saying like that's that's, that's, where, that's where i'm going from i get it like greg just said he took his whalers to the finals and i think greg's a dumb oh no no i got i got playoffs, the, the flyer the flyers <laughs> announced in the first round i didn't get to the finals i'll be honest okay good all right talk so to maybe, carter hart maybe, maybe, maybe i'm like going overboard but I don't know, maybe somebody has anything to say, but that's just like, I, that's why I stay off the, the engagements with hockey about people as much as possible because I just simply probably think my opinion's better, but I don't know. You have access to the Stromer staff. To a, I agree with Stromer to a certain degree, but I'm kind of, uh, I wouldn't be able to agree fully because for me, like I watched the Philly game with the manager they had for the last three years and I'm, you know, I'm not a baseball guy. I never played at a high level baseball or anything like that. And I'd be going nuts watching the games all the time. So I can't fully agree, but I, I have a, you know, I understand what he's saying. I kind of agree, like I said, to a certain degree. But uh, I think it's sometimes it's human nature, too, as a fan and a team you care about to, to be opinionated and and uh, talk about your team and stuff. And I don't mind it. I'm kind of in the middle. Tony, I'm, I'm not going to lie. but This isn't to butter you up, I promise you. But I guarantee you, you're smarter than Gabe Kapler. That's a, that's <laughs> I a think so. I guarantee <laughs> I, I thought so myself. All right. But the well, Giants, San Francisco Giants, don't think so, I guess. I, no, they do I, not. I, I'm just bummed he's out of the division. As a Met fan, Gabe Kapler was the one thing I had to look forward to as a Met fan. And now he's Yeah, he was, he was bad. 
But to Strom, I mean, you have access to uh, those staff. Obviously, you get to see all the decisions making behind the scenes. None of us see that. So, like when when Vince, the fake Italian, tweets the lines for the day, I, I, Vince is a good I, guy, I, by the way. I, I should have thrown it in there when I. When no, I Vince is like, yeah, Vince, Vince is a dear is friend of ours. Vince is a dear friend of ours, so I'm I'm well aware. Uh, he's been on this show many many times. But uh, when he tweets the lines for the day, you know, I won't try and overreact a lot of the time, especially because Quinn has notoriously changed the lines throughout the season. Um, yeah. And I guess that leads me to my next question. Um, what was it like sort of like getting thrown up, like having new partners all the time? Obviously, Strom, you played a lot of the season with Panarin, which has been, I, I can only imagine was an absolute blast. Um, mm-hmm. But there was, there was times where you're up and down the lineup and what was adjusting to that? Like, no, I agree. Like things change. And I, I understand that's the fans right to thing. I just think more or less like the fans are the right to, but I think that's why I try to stay off it because, like, I'm not going to argue as a fan when I have to listen to my coach every day, you know what I mean, about what they think. But um, in the sense of the lines, I mean, yeah, Quinny changes up. I mean, he hasn't been afraid to – I mean, outside of our top couple guys, I mean, everyone's got Ben Turner, and I think that he's kind of shown that everyone has to be held accountable. And um, if you're not playing well, you're going to play less. And um, nothing's going to be handed to you. So I think uh, I respect him a lot from that standpoint. And I think he did a better job this year of – kind of keeping combinations together longer, whether it's D or forward, and kind of allowing that chemistry to grow. And I think um, really all throughout our lineup, I think you saw a big change in that. I mean, obviously some stability with our team definitely helped him from that standpoint, not as many guys getting traded and stuff. But uh, I think we had kind of consistency throughout the whole year more. And, and listen, when you play with the same guys, there's no doubt it's a little easier when you when you get going. And um, I don't know, I, I thought I thought our team was a lot more consistent this year. That's, that's what I thought. I'll jump. Uh, I'll jump in with you there. I feel like a lot of people, and I'm probably adding you guys into this. I would assume I don't follow everything you guys write, but I see a lot of stuff. A lot you of should. people look at statistics and, and feel like that that's going to make a difference on on line combinations. And one thing you guys forget about a lot of times is there's chemistry factors, personality factors, and stuff that go into it too that coaches know more than than any you know any outsider is going to know. So you can look at a statistic and say this guy has this or that, which obviously you guys know my opinion on all that stuff. But, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, as a coach, when you look at Panarin and Strom this year, to ever change them would be, you know, I'm not going to use a certain word, but I guess it would be dumb in my opinion to think about changing them. You watch the chemistry. All right, maybe for a step to here, he's going, you know, the game's going the opposite way, but people tend to think that they have better lineups based on analytics and statistics, and uh, it's really not the way it works. Yeah, I, I do feel like that's one thing, and hell, my co-host and I are 100% guilty of it too, is sometimes we see jerseys less as human beings and more as just the numbers that appear on the pages, and we often overlook how important chemistry is. So if someone like uh, Strom, this year you were playing a lot with Jesper Faust, and Jesper, historically, not exactly the uh, 20, 25 goal a season kind of guy, but his chemistry playing with you and Panarin obviously allows you two to do something that maybe someone else wouldn't allow you to do. So it's, it's not as easy as just plugging and playing with guys. That's something we as a hockey community need to be more aware of. No, I, I think the hockey community is aware and everyone has a right to their own opinion. And if, you know, the, some guys are analytic guys, that's totally fine. But I think that like you look at, for example, I'll use, yeah, you said Jesper Fast. Like he wins so many puck battles. He he plays so hard defensively. So if me or Panarin are cheating a little bit, 
or we're not back quick enough or we try to make a risky play, he's usually there to kind of, you know, back us up or get the puck back. And Tony would probably say the same for Stalzy. Like, Tony's able to rush up the ice and Stalzy's like, just gives him the puck and watch him go. And he more or less just kind of plays a little safer and tries to get Tony the puck. Like, it's, it's, there's a lot more that goes into it. And um, I don't know. I think at, at the same time, too, the coach has to work with what he has sometimes, too. You have to try to balance things out. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lot easier on paper than it is a day to day when we see, you know, how good these other teams are and how good players are. And you have to try to find the best combination to go at it. I mean, sometimes it's not always going to be, you know, the, the quote unquote sexy lineup for the fans or what they necessarily want to see. Sometimes it's going to be uh, something that can, you know, win games. And I think this year we did a better job of that. Tony, I'm going, to, be... uh, oh, I'm going to jump in first before you go. I'm going to butter up a little bit. But obviously, I've been in arguments on Twitter and uh, <laughs> based off of Stromer and the analytics that you guys use and to kind of to downplay how good he's been for us over the last year and a half. But, you know, I feel like sometimes analytics don't show how high a guy like Stromer's hockey IQ is and all kinds of stuff like that that go into the game that make him, you know, make him as good as he is and as good as he has been for us. So a number, you can show me as many numbers as you want on a, you know, I'm sure there's players around the league. Maybe the numbers show show right and maybe they show wrong, but for Strober, I feel like I picked up for it many times on the social media factor of stuff that people and to me it's ridiculous to even to have him in any kind of category because what he's done for us in the last year and a half has been, uh, you know, it's been a monster trade for us and put us where we're at to this point. A monster trade Tony, Tony, for he's, Tony's also my new agent, by the way. I just decided. He <laughs> <laughs> did a great job. Um, I guess, Tony, this isn't a political uh, question, but rather, would you ever be open to playing on the left side? Um, because there's been a big question that's been coming up. No, last I will not play anywhere near the left side. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, we answered the question. I'm just messing with you. I know, yeah, I, know. I, I will. I, uh, more than happy to if, that, uh, if it has to happen, but uh, we'll see. Obviously, that's up to management coaches, but I played a lot of left, and I'm playing a little more of it now, as I'm sure you guys see during the games, depending on time and situation and stuff, but uh, more, more than uh, happy to play over there and more than comfortable, too, if I have to, so that's no big deal. That just happens uh, to be a giant Twitter topic all the goddamn time. <laughs> I, I have a, yeah. but the I other have, side. I have uh, two. The other side that's a no. Okay, sounds I, good. <laughs> I have two, two incredibly important, very relative questions to ask you guys. Uh, who who was the smarter Harvard grad, Adam Fox or Jimmy VC? Jimmy VC. Probably uh, Jimmy VC. They're yeah. both similar personalities, though. They're both. You would never think either one of them went to Harvard, but they're both real smart. And then have you guys – how do you guys handle Kako? Because he just seems like the most humble 18-year-old in the history of teenagers, and I feel like that would drive me insane. Um, ahead, I think, Joel. honestly, I think, uh, like, like outside of the public eye, a lot of the European guys are a lot different than you might think. And I, I think he changed a lot from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. And, um I think people don't realize how hard it is to move to New York city as an 18 year old and no one on your team speaks your language and how much different life. Is. So, um, he's, he's actually a pretty good, he's got a pretty good personality, good sense of humor. I think Tony would agree at the end of the year, we started to see that come out a little bit and, uh, it's too bad that, I mean, hopefully we get back to it, but I mean, I think not only him, but a lot of the Europeans are a lot different than you might think because the media, they don't really want to say too much because, I mean, you see how things can be taken so out of context these days. If they say something, you know, wrong or do something wrong, it's going to be crucified. So I'm not saying that's the case with him. I think he developed a lot, like, off the ice, but I think that's definitely part of that what goes into it. 
Is there a yeah, guy in the locker room think, that we? Gets, oh, sorry. As he gets better English too, he'll be fine. Like, you know, as the more and more he learns how to speak our language and understand certain things we're saying, at least he'll get more and more comfortable talking to guys. So, right. Right. So, like, when you call in the future, if you ever call Kako an asshole, you, he'll know that you're not just being mean to him. You, he'll know that it's conversational. You're being friends. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends. Definitely a, there's, a, there's an off-ice and a human aspect to it, for sure. I think, yes, I agree with that. <laughs> is, there a, is there a guy in the locker room that is, like, a, a secret leader? Like, someone that the fans wouldn't know that has, like, a lot of pull? Uh, or, is it just, or is it just you guys? No, no, definitely not us. There's lots of guys. There's, I mean, Mika's, Mika's very, Mika's very quiet, but he's, uh, he's, you know, quiet leader leads by example. I think, I mean, Mark pretty much does a lot of the off ice stuff, whether it's meeting with the coaches or, um, you know, confronting the media every day and like stuff like that that not a lot of guys really want to do or have the, you know, leadership or the, you know, the resume to do. And um, probably what you see is probably what you get. Crides is a pretty good leader, and guys look up to him, but. Honestly, it's probably pretty similar to what you think, in my opinion. I don't know if Tony agrees. Yeah, I would put what's name in there, too. Um, just based off on and off ice, the way he carries himself on the ice and, and uh, quickie, Jesper Fox. So. Yeah, for sure. So probably what you see is what you get, I'd say. I just figured I have to ask this question now because we've been uh, – I've been thinking of questions that we've just been angry about all year. Um What's it like working with your defensive coach, Tony? There's been so many bad things said about Lindy Ruff online. Would you care? You've already defended Ryan Strom and gotten him a new contract, which I really appreciate. Can you can you defend <laughs> Lindy Ruff? Yeah, I would disagree with everything bad you guys said about it. That's for sure. I think he's been really good for us, and we all we all get along with him personally. Uh, we do a lot of video together. He kind of has a real good mind for the game. He knows a lot, especially. Uh, you know, I, I would maybe I, I don't want to speak on behalf of Flocky, but I feel like he has a real good mind for the game offensively too he, he realizes a lot of things maybe what that we were thinking or trying to do that sometimes didn't work that he could try to help you with then he's uh then he's been really good i love uh i love playing for him i think all the you would say the same thing i guess my uh, my final question maybe that's um, not what you guys day. wanted to hear but that's uh, <laughs> no listen tony tony I, i'm mostly just happy you finally called us if i'm being honest that's as far <laughs> as i go <laughs> I'll jump, I, I'll, jump I, onto that. I'll jump onto that and just add, I think one of the biggest things that goes into coaching, whether you like a coach's style or decisions or not, if the coach, if the players like you and the players want to play for you, that's probably half the battle. We could get on the same page, whether it's the right or the wrong system, because if, uh, if, if you're going against your coach or you're second guessing your coach all the time and it starts creeping into, you know, 25, 30, 50% of your lineup, then you're in big trouble. I, I've I've come around on on Lindy Ruff as the season has gone. I will blatantly tell you guys I flamed him at the beginning of the season. I talked about the defensive structures, etc. Do I know anything? No, I'm a dummy who hosts a podcast every week, and I yeah, yell but about you things. Got your team to the playoffs on NHL, so that was Greg. I don't play that. Oh, okay. <laughs> been able to master that yet. So you can talk about the defensive structure is is uh, it's hard to categorize that as as you know to put it all on Lindy or whatever. That's a, that's a full team effort, including the five guys that are on the ice. So, so uh, I definitely I think people miss that, that a lot. And it's gotten think, a lot better as the season went on too. So if you want to blame him for it, you should give him, you know, you got to give him credit for it too. Um, I, I guess my final question is if you guys ever, well, or rather a statement, if you guys ever want to start a podcast, you need a producer. I got your back. I'll help you out. You got nothing going on. I'll set it up for you. You guys just talk and I'll, 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 I'll produce and edit the whole thing for you. No big deal. Tony's the manager, so he might have some negotiations for you. 
All right, uh, well, Greg's my manager and also my asshole, so he can figure it out for me um, if you guys want to talk to him. That's, that's true, and I charge, so. <laughs> All right, we're <laughs> All right, well, um, Greg, do you have any final questions for our, our good friends, or is there anything you guys want to say to the fans before you get out of here? Or to us specifically, because we give you so much shit. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, I, I think uh, yeah, you guys for your shit about Stroma. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't, I don't have anything to say. I think, uh, listen, the media is what makes the gets more, uh, you know, fan base attention and more, you know, popularity for the players. And whether it's good or bad, listen, in this world, not everyone's gonna like you. That's fine. And I think all hockey players have fully accepted that. I think, listen, us players want the Stanley Cup as much as the fans, if not more. So I think we're all on the same page. And some of the negativity. My only, my only comment is like, listen, everyone wants the Rangers to win the Stanley Cup, and you know, I think. That's the message that sometimes gets lost. We we want it just as bad as the fans, if not more. So, you know, we're all in it together. Yep, and uh, obviously we say the fans are hope everybody stays safe. Just going to listen to this and stuff, and uh, hopefully we'll be back soon. Yeah, honestly, open line, whatever you want. And uh, we'll be in touch, as you probably know. First one was free. Now we charge. So. Okay, <laughs> listen, I'll, I'll have the athletic contact you, and we'll figure it out. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, Vin, right. Thanks, Vin, Vin, Vince texted me and told me tell told me to tell you he he asked, "Do you guys miss him?" And let them let him know if you guys want to do any lighthearted stories while the, while you're in the have the downtime. Well, people can just listen to this, and that should get them through the next couple of weeks. So, okay, sounds <laughs> good. Stopped, there you go. Stop charging for his website. We'll we'll jump on his thing. Oh, <laughs> bang. Bang. Fired. Love it. Right. And All just right. for, just for the record, uh, the athletic for the next ninety days, free to everybody. So that's what I'm saying. It's free. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Sounds good. All go. right. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate you guys coming yep. on. Have a great day and stay safe out there. Thanks. Yep. Have a good one. Hey, we're back. So we did the interview. Thought it went really well. Uh, they're welcome back on whenever they want. They might. They said we'll be back. We don't know when. So. Could yeah, it, they also said they're going to take the next month off from just about everything they want to do now that they did this interview. It's so probably a good idea. I'm sure. I'm sure we won't. They won't actually wait a month, but they they might not talk to us for at least another month. They might not talk to us for a very long time. We'll see. Might, uh, not, might not. I can't thank them enough though for coming on and um, and providing some Ranger fans with legitimate feedback uh, that they've been dying for for the last month. So uh, if we're going to do some five star questions, then get the hell out of here, Gregory. So here's here's that what sounds that sounds great. Yeah, here's what here's what you could do if you want to leave a five star question. Usually you go to iTunes, and by usually I mean always, and then you uh, leave a five star review, leave a question, and we will read it on the show every single week. We have nothing, uh, not a lot of sports to talk about. So if you guys want to go ahead and leave us questions, anything is appropriate. Our good friend David Shanker messaged me today and said, "Can I leave more nonsense questions?" And I said, "Please, please leave more nonsense questions, because uh, we're gonna need some help." All right, this is from Roselle7. Remind me if we talked about this or not. My bad if I'm a bad host. Sometimes I do that. Uh, Can you talk a little bit more about other prospects like Morgan Barron, for example? He's a finalist for the Hobie Baker Award and was named the ECAC Player of the Year, and you guys haven't touched on him. I want to know a bit about the player that has flown under the radar. This uh, has to be an old question because we talked about him extensively. It's March March 23rd, um, so we did talk about him extensively with Drew, right? I mean – I'm I'm excited for Morgan Barron. I just think there's better players to be to be there's a bunch of dogs barking outside in the street. Sorry about that. There's a bunch of there's a bunch there's better players to be uh excited about right now in our system. As as good as Morgan Barron is, I, I agree with Drew's take of I, I rather I prefer Hendrickson in the long term. 
he's likely a bottom six forward. Like it, it, the fact that Morgan Barron has gone from a sixth round draft pick to more than likely having it would be at this point surprising for Morgan Barron not to have a sustained NHL career. I just think we all most people need to pump pump the brakes. He's going to be a bottom six forward probably, which means you know somewhere in the neighborhood of what you can expect on a given night from someone like Brett Howden. I don't think it's realistic to expect him to be much more than that. Look, as great as it is that he's a Hobie Baker finalist, let's just remember that means he's one of the better NCAA players. And quite honestly, the players in the NCAA aren't necessarily top-tier talent. Look at past Hobie Baker winners that have played with the New York Rangers. Jimmy VC, we all know how that went. Does everybody remember Matt Gilroy? If you don't, God bless you. It's Just because you win the Hobie Baker doesn't mean you're destined – to become an NHL great. And it's a good award to win. I don't know. I just don't put too much stock into it, quite honestly. Same way. This is a uh, next question is from unaffected introvert. A good time for them. I'm assuming. Hey guys, I'm a Ranger fans from Ohio. I'm a Ranger fan from Ohio and got to see the Rangers play at MSG for the first time a couple weeks ago. I wish I would have gone a few days earlier to see Mika single-handedly crush the caps, but I got a stinkier game against the devils. Oh, the worst game of the season. I'm sorry. Also probably their last home game of the season. Chesty got pulled in the second period and intermission. Hank got the third, Got to start the third. What do you think the odds are that I witnessed the last game of Hank's career or with the Rangers at all? P.S. I missed the Rona outbreak in New York by like a week. Uh, uh, I don't think it's going to be Hank's last game in the NHL. No. It's very possible that it's the Hank's last game with the Rangers. We quite honestly don't know if the season's ever going to start. At this point, I think we'd both be surprised if the season did restart. I've said this once. I'll say it again. At some point, the NHL is going to make the super difficult decision of we don't want to mess with the 2020-2021 season. The 2020, that season has to go off without a hitch. It has to be as normal as humanly possible. And they're not going to try to force down our throats some abbreviated, quickly abridged end to this season if it means messing up next year. So when will we get to the point where they feel like they can finish this season without touching next year at all. I'm not sure. I think we'd both be surprised if any kind of live sports started before June. If, if the NHL wanted to do a July, early August end of the season playoff kind of situation, that's great. I mean, it might mean a shorter training camp, but they don't want to, I don't think they want to mess with the season starting in October next year. They just, it doesn't make any sense for them to do that. Yeah, none they're, whatsoever. They're going to try very hard to make that to happen. Uh, we'll see, though. Uh, I'm I'm prepared for anything. I think that's what I think that's what will be the theme of this podcast for the next couple weeks. Is I'm prepared for anything. My life has changed so dramatically in three weeks, and so has everyone else's. That I'm ready for any change that happens. Um, this is uh, from Eric from New Jersey. Number one pick play in the tournament. After listening to you guys talk about. Why would the Devils and the Wings agree to not play in the 2014 playoff format? I thought, what if the NHL uh, had a seven-team first overall playoff pick tournament? This is what we were talking about yesterday on the stream, Gregory. Uh, This way, the teams get to ticket sales revenues, players earn their salary, and this totally stops tanking. Obviously, the format would have to be determined, but curious is your thoughts. Keep up the great work, and screw the one-star commenter. I agree. Uh, I don't think the tournament... For the number one pick makes that much sense. Agree, because the Devils I, I, are so much better than the Red Wings, it's not even close. 
Right. And the the Red Wings, by design, they it's not that they were actively tanking, but they understood that this year was going to be bad. So they didn't bring on any unnecessary contracts or talents that could potentially help them win more games. They said, we'll go in this year and try to win with as many player, uh, as, as many games as we can with the players that we have. But if they, they would have tackled the trade deadline a lot differently if they knew that at some point in time they would have had to play for that number one overall pick. So we can't – There's just like there's no scenario where the Red Wings are going to say, you guys can come back and play hockey. We won't play hockey. We'll be fine. There's no way similarly the Red Wings would say, yeah, let us play for that top lottery pick odds. Uh, we feel like our team's good enough to get that pick. They're just, they're just not, and they're not going to agree to it. It's a great idea. I think if that is implemented before the season starts, teams will try and build themselves differently, even teams that aren't that know they're not going to be playoff contenders. But if they're just trying to win games at the end of the season, like would – I'm trying to think of who a player um, the Red Wings traded at the deadline. Would they have traded – I forgot the player's name. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember. Anisimov? No, I, I think know. it's Athunasu or something like that. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm too tired. I'm sorry, I, everybody. I don't know. I yeah, <laughs> I, and I'm, I am hung over. Hey. Uh, yeah, it's just, think about that. Would the Red Wings have sold off as many? I'm sure they still would have sold some pieces, right? Because it's still Absolutely. building for the future for them. Yeah. Would they have done a complete fire sale? Would they have made every deal they would have made if it meant possibly not getting the number one pick because they now have to play for it? Yeah, it's it's a great idea for the fans. It's a great idea for fans. It's a great idea for Devils like, fans. <laughs> or even like the Rangers. If the Rangers weren't in the playoffs and all of a sudden the Rangers got to play for where they picked in the lottery. Or if the Rangers got to play right now great. for the first overall pick, I would explode. I would be like, yeah, oh, really? Just... Cool. I get to have Mika Zibinijad and Octavia Panarin play the Red Wings for the first overall pick. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we'd feel great about it. It's just for the Red Wings. It doesn't make any sense. And uh, not just the Red Wings. There are other shitty teams that didn't keep all their players. Like, would the Senators have kept Pajot if it meant they knew they could play for the number one pick? No. Maybe. Zero percent chance. No way. I don't, well, I don't know. Maybe. They got a big... In they, this draft... I don't know. The Islanders gave him a pretty nice haul for Pajot. Sure, but as nice as that haul is, in this draft, with how right. loaded it you're is... You're right. You're right. If the, if the NHL said, hey, if you keep all your guys, we are going to have a lottery tournament. If you win that tournament, you get the number one pick. I don't know if they would have traded Pajot because you're basically saying the last two months of Pajot could get us Lafreniere, and that might be worth it. Right. Okay. I think that's fair. I just don't see the way this tournament, the, the, the pick tournament happens in any scenario. None, none whatsoever. I just I can't imagine the bottom feeders of the NHL thinking it's a good idea for their long term. Because imagine, imagine if you're, the, again, like the Red Wings are the easy example here. They're the worst team in hockey, and all of a sudden they're going to go from a guaranteed – top three percentage or top three pick to possibly picking 11th, 12th, 13th. Like what, what benefit do they have? None. Yeah. They have no one. They have no benefit of agreeing to this. This next question is from Yuhanda Mugabe. Mugabe. I feel like they did that on purpose for me. Uh, Probably. Hi, Ryan and Greg, just brainstorming an idea. And I wanted to hear your thoughts. The NHL should take the 70 games that most teams have played and do another 60 game season starting in mid September. I kind of like this idea. This is kind of hot. This would mean every team would play 130 games over 1.5 seasons, or whatever you want to call it. Combine the records, and the top 20 teams make the playoffs. Seeds 7 through 10 play a best of three series to get a, and set, to get a 7 and 8 seed. The normal playoffs format after that. Like I said, this could be a really dumb idea, but just haven't heard anyone suggest it. Stay safe out there. Love the pod. Praise be. 
I mean, I love all the random ideas we're getting about. What I kind of like this one. Again, I I hate it. Okay. Honestly, all right. But just it doesn't. It, it, it's again to me, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, it does punish because, you because you you weren't playing for that second season. That's fair. Right, and again, it's it's hard to. Of course, it, we. I don't think it's fair to a team like even the even the Rangers, quite honestly, to hold it against them how bad they were in October and November of last year and have it impact what they can do the very next season. At the same time, it seems unfair to a team like the Blues or the Golden Knights who had quite one of the better – or the Avalanche who had a really good season. And now all of a sudden you're saying, hey, good job. It doesn't mean as much as it did. Now you need to do it again. And it, it doesn't – it doesn't reward those teams for their strong play from the last year. All it does is it's a good idea for teams like the Rangers that were just outside the playoff picture, and it gives them a much more time to make the playoffs. But you're not doing enough to guarantee or reward the teams that were good um, the first 60, 70 games this year. I just – and again, I'd rather not fuck two years up. Let This year is a lost year. Yep. I say we just – Crumple it up, throw it in the trash, call it a day. However you want to determine who won what, I don't really care. The, like It's impossible to salvage this season appropriately. I'd rather just start fresh, start anew, start over in October with a new season, and we just go on from there and just figure everything out after that. Um, absolutely. Uh, the last question we have here is from Amhoffen11. Oh, actually, just to, just to speak on that real quick. Um, I do, I do think that you're right. I would feel that way if I wasn't, if I was any fan, but Tampa Bay and like Boston, I, I think like those are the two teams where I'd be like, we have to play. Like we traded significant assets to try and get into the playoffs and make deep runs. Like we, I, I, I need to know if we win the cup or not. Does it really matter in, for this season? Like not really. It's going to be an asterisk season no matter what you do. And that's not your fault as a fan. It's just what's going to happen. Um, but I, I understand why they would want to go for it. Um, this last question is from Amhoffen11. I would love to get commentary of you guys watching classic Ranger or Mets games. I would not... Okay, whatever. Um, game 6 of the 86 World Series or Game 7 of the 1994 Eastern Conference Final. Maybe the whole playoff run? We know you guys got the time. That's from Nick and Westchester. Gregory, so we have spoken about this, about doing a... Yeah. Uh, on the BSBOT series. We, we might do a um, 94 playoff run series. Here's the deal. Um, I actually went looking for these the other day because we talked about this. They're not easy to find. So if anyone has um, a way for me to find the 94 playoff run and they have, like, I don't know, like on a Dropbox or some, something, or if there's a way to purchase it for me, not for me, not for me, or rather me, me to purchase it, um, please message me on Twitter and let me know because that is something I think you and I would like to do is to have, like, a little 94 playoff run thing, uh, especially when it comes to the summertime and we're still kind of sitting around here doing our thing. Um, so, so I mean, it, it, it could also be a good idea if we want to raise money for other organizations as well and just have Twitch marathons where we have the game on your stream and we're just commentating over it. Yeah, unfortunately, that is a good idea. Um, but the copyright thing is pretty brutal there. They will take you down. Fuckers. So, yeah. So best way to do it is through podcasts and go and do recapable kind of session that way. I have guests and talk about it. So we'll figure it all out. But that's our plan for the summer right now, and we have some other plans to cooked up. I got a couple bunch of videos to make this week, and um, overall, Greg, uh, I would say our best podcast ever. How about what your thoughts? I have no additional comments or thoughts. I am 
Ryan, I don't know how tired you are. I'm <laughs> exhausted. Yeah, I'm losing it, buddy. Last night yeah. at uh, 11.30 p.m., as I was still streaming, as you know, to 1. I ended up streaming to 1.30. Um, our good friend Tom McCarthy paid me uh, extra money to do another Dungeons & Dragons voice of one of my old characters for uh, oh, a certain amount of time. And I, I lost it, bro. I went straight. I was delirious. I was talking in like a weird southern accent for like an hour. It was just totally off the off the rails. And today I feel like I ran a marathon. So um, yeah, my body my body feel it feels like it's betraying me right now. Again, last thing, dude. I want to thank you for for hanging out. I want to thank everyone out there who supported and donated. You're all absolutely incredible. I can't believe we raised three thousand dollars plus for uh, for food bags. We we got it was thirty one hundred and sixty nine meals. Um, for people in New York City, which I think is awesome, just for one day of us, uh, you know, coming together. So I can't thank you guys enough, and uh, we'll be back later this week with a BSBOT. Um, curious as to what it will be, but we'll do it. And uh, if you guys have any questions, reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Orion Mead. He's at Blue Shirts Break. Um, we're Blue Shirts Breakaway. Thanks so much to Tony and Strom for coming on, and we will talk to you guys next week or later this week, whichever comes first. Bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.